Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. It's good to be here, Dan. All right, Chris, uh, big week. Um, just had the midterm elections, and so far as we're looking at our results, it, it appears to be a, we're going to have a divided Congress. Um, and, and you know, even if Republicans gain control of Congress, you know, the margin is, is probably going to be so slim that it's, it's nearly guaranteed to end up in gridlock in Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, so question here for you to start off is, you know, what, what do you think the potential implications for the market and, con- and economy are um, with gridlock in Washington? Yeah, I think the, the gridlock or the Democratic Party not in control of Congress and being able to drive a, an agenda is um, probably more bullish the U.S. dollar, more bearish for economic growth, and more bearish for equities. And what I mean by that is uh, under uh, a Congress that was aligned with fiscal spending and growth in fiscal spending, we'll, we would be able to offset some of the recessionary pressures that are clearly evident today. And we could expect um, a little more inflationary conditions. And as we've talked about, as we see inflation roll over dramatically in 2023, that means revenues are going to be lower it means earnings are going to be lower, growth will be lower. Um, and un- ironically, I know a lot of people would have the view that if there was a big red wave and uh, the Republicans gained significant control of the House and the Senate, that'd be good for the economy. I, I don't believe that to be the case. I think it would be not good at all for the economy because we still have been and continue to rely on a very large and growing fiscal deficit to drive economic growth. And that is definitely inflationary. Uh, But gridlock means we probably have less of that. It means since it's a slim margin, we're still going to have to deal with trade-offs as we are forced to raise the debt ceiling, which will be a little bit more of an austerity approach. Um, So I, I think it's pretty consistent with slower growth, weaker liquidity, uh, much lower inflation, which is a positive. Um, and so uh, I don't I don't view it as incrementally bullish by any extreme. So you just mentioned um, you know expect the future earnings a little bit lower, and, and you know here we are we're now through the majority of earnings season. Um, are you seeing or, or noting any trends or elements that investors should be monitoring? Yeah, the trends are very clear. It it is uh, we can lower guidance for the third quarter, like we said, and we can step over those estimates, but. It's mainly being done uh, below the the revenue line. So revenues are weak and weakening. Businesses with backlogs are showing deterioration. Uh, Margins are remaining under pressure. I I still think that the fourth quarter and the first quarter are going to show the greatest rate of decline year over year in revenue growth and earnings growth. And I think estimates just remain entirely too high for 2023. So estimates have probably come down mid-single digits for 23 over the last two or three months, but they're still showing up 5 or 6% year over year. Uh, and I just don't think there's any chance we're going to have uh, earnings growth of that caliber in 2023. We may can get back to that run rate if we have a significant slowdown in policy responses, but I think 23 earnings are, are lower than 22, and we're still trading at about 16 times those 
forward us to munch, which assume that we are going to grow mid-single digits. So I still think there's more declines to come in earnings expectations. Uh, it'd be nice to see the early cycles and early industries begin to bottom from an expectation standpoint. So that would be semiconductors and housing and other consumer discretionary sectors. I still think we're two quarters away from that even to uh, become a possibility. Uh, so we got we got more wood to chop there on the downside. Uh, and so as you're describing, you know, beginning to bottom, you know, we're probably a couple quarters away from that. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, we've seen, you know, and this is something we talked about last week, right? You know, last week we talked about the, the October equity run. Um, we actually have sustained it now for another week, uh, which is, you know, certainly a positive sign um, considering mm-hmm. what we've experienced already so far this year. You know, quarter to date, the Russell 2000 is up about, you know, 5.5%. The S&P, it's up a little over 6, 6.3%. Um, so just, I guess, I want to revisit this again. You know, do you think that the rally can continue into year end? Yeah, I think it's a coin toss at this point. Um, the federal spending injected well over $100 billion into the economy leading up to the midterms, which provided a lot of, of liquidity and, and positive momentum. Uh, we've seen ongoing short covering and de-risking, which has kind of led to the rally we've seen quarter to date. And now, you know, things kind of begin to flip. The, uh, the Treasury needs to refill the TGA. We're probably going to see an acceleration of bill issuance, which is going to drain liquidity from the markets, which is bearish. CTAs are likely to go from uh, bullish momentum to flip to bearish momentum. And we, we still have uh, redemptions in front of us, hedge fund redemptions in front of us that will drive some selling as well. So, I, you know, anything can happen, but we're going to go from what has been a liquidity tailwind likely to a marginal liquidity headwind as we go into year end. Um, and we got to remember, we've seen such a substantial increase in interest rates. Large players, and by large players, I mean big sovereign wealth funds and endowments um, and big pension plans are now materially overweight. Um, they're illiquids, and they have burned in their memory what happened in the last bear market where they really ran into liquidity constraints. So we could see selling of liquid assets just to build liquidity buffers. Uh, we certainly are going to see a rebalancing away from equities and in towards fixed income um, if rates remain anywhere close to where they are today. You just, if you're a big pension fund, you don't need to take as much equity risk as you've been forced to do when you're in a zero rate environment. So those can actually end up being headwinds and continue the repricing we're seeing in, in equity markets. So at this point, I, I do think it's a coin flip. The narrative around China reopening, whatever, take it all with a grain of salt. You know, we had the bounce in Chinese stocks. If that's going to be the rumor we, we put on it, that's great. But clearly, COVID infections are accelerating there. Uh, loan officer surveys that were just released indicate uh, banks, by and large, are expecting a recession. Now, they're still calling it a mild recession, but they're expecting a recession. 
But they've all said, too, that they're going to tighten credit conditions as the recession materializes, which is just so pro-cyclical and indicates it's going to be worse than anybody anticipates. But credit availability across the board is declining. It's even starting to decline in, in the credit card space. It's declining in autos. It's declining in housing. It's declining in CNI. So these are all the classic signs. Now, if this was going to be a shallow recession, then Right when you start to see the layoffs like we're starting to see, when you're starting to see liquidity conditions tighten up, when it's becoming apparent that we are, in fact, going to have a recession, um, you typically can start buying security. So there may be some areas, like I said, the, the areas that have been in a bear market for 12 or 18 months, there may be opportunities developing. But I'm really looking at these uh, next couple of quarters here for opportunities. So even if we get a year-end rally, I, I don't think you've missed the buying opportunity that lays ahead. Good. Uh, given uh, some of our comments in prior co podcasts, I'm, I'm taking a coin flip these days, so that's good. <laughs> um, all right, good. Let's wrap it up for there for today. So thank you, Chris, and we'll catch you soon. Sounds good, Dan. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws. Securities discussed within this podcast may be held in the Von Nelson strategies.